Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the newest comic duo, Davis, a dabbler in many disciplines with a voice that can soothe and persuade. Mike, a fanatical specialist with a mouth like a bullhorn, fueled by strong opinions and a compulsion to share them with microphones and comics in hand. They are Jacks of Trades. Hey everybody, I'm Mike. And I'm Davis. And this is Drinking Issues. On Drinking Issues, we talk about a current comic arc and pair it with a lovely alcohol. Uh, Today, as you know, we are doing Champions. So, last month should have been Champions 5. Yep. Um, Problem is, our lovely producer, Greg, with In-Depth Media lost Mike's audio file which it is the more structured less sporadic I'm gonna argue more important uh yeah I I I'd whether or not that's true I'd give it I'd give it a nice 49 on that one Uh, but uh hey that's less than half yeah I know mine's still 49 two percent's Greg so we're doing champions number five as well as champions number six because just like how the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ends every single season we're gonna have a nice Two-hour-long final episode. God, I hope not. Just kidding. We're aim- We're not aiming for that long. We we, we, we don't want to discuss... If you've been listening to the been previously about drinking issues, we don't want to discuss these comics too long. But, yes. We, we're we're we, shooting for an hour, guys. Uh, we'll see what happens. But you do get an extra-large extra-sode because we, as a collective unit at Jacks of Trades, messed up last month. Yes, and who knows? Some of that lost footage might be found and resurfaced because apparently I went on a really good socially topical rant. Well, here's the thing. But I don't remember it. Okay, so Davis was very drunk at the time, uh, and he just kind of off the cuff did this great explanation uh, of his feelings and his understanding of the book, number five. He's got no recollection. No, not at all. But if anybody has seen any kind of crime show where they try to do that sensory recreation, where it's like, okay, we're going to sit you in this room because it's like the room you were in. And was there a candle lit? Oh, here's some vanilla flavor. Were you wearing sweatpants? Let's put some sweatpants. Like, we're going to try and sense memory, Davis, by getting drunk again to see if he can't just get back into that vein, just slide right back, back into that line and just re-deliver this beautiful speech that he had. So, on that note, talking about getting Davis drunk. All right. Davis, what did you bring for the champions five and six extra? Now, keep in mind, guys, this is the last issue of champions. Yes. Next month, we start a brand new comic. Yep. Brand new Whole comic. new arc. Brand so, new thing. So, we have to go with a bang here. So, Davis, what'd you bring? With this final issue... I I love beer, so I got a beer that I've been horribly cellaring since 2015. Describe horribly cellaring. Um, for a while, it was in my beer fridge that I had, which was set at a constant 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Does that go to bed? Uh, that, for cellaring this, perfect, good. No light, 
um, uh, perfect temperature to where like it's not really um, uh, the temperature doesn't really affect beer so much and like a lot in cellaring, but you want to keep it at a constant temperature. There's not uh, a lot of fluctuation. Yes, to where it even says uh, drink fresh or age at cellar temperature, and that's 55 degrees Fahrenheit or below. So I had it aging for a couple of months then. And then I moved in my new place, and it got warm, and then I left it on kind of like a shelf wine rack. Eh, not the point. But uh, it is the 2015 Stone Farking Wheaton Woot Stout. Uh, it is 13% alcohol by volume. It is a collaboration between the Stone Brewery, uh, the website Fark, and Will Wheaton. Uh, the, uh, the the guy from, you know, Star Trek and the guy they make fun of on um, uh, Big Bang Theory all the time. That nerd guy? Yeah, that nerd guy. So, uh, just like Champions, uh, this is something I've been looking forward to for a minute, and it has not been done properly until this time. So, I'm going to see it and see whether or not it's going to be good at the end of the whole thing. And uh, I'm about to take my first sip of the Stone Farking... Wheat and Woot Stout. Oh, that's strong. That is a... Uh, is it a good strong or like a... You didn't do something right strong. Uh, it's a good strong because it's nice and chocolatey. But I haven't eaten since like noon today. And that was mostly chicken and couscous. So... Chouscous? So I'm probably gonna get Taco Bell on the way home. I'm gonna I'm gonna taste this thing. Go right ahead. Oh, I really don't like that. It's thick. It's as, as I've told Davis numerous numerous times, I am not a good beer drinker. Mike's favorite beer is a Mexican style chilada with salt, lime, and jalapeno. It's delicious. I. Okay. Give give me a Corona or a Land Shark. I'm happy. I I'll, really I'll, am. I would like to be more sophisticated and cooler. I'm not. The lowest not. I will go for you is Pacifico. I can drink Pacifico. I like Pacifico. Well, then I'll it goes buy. Goes great on Taco Tuesday, which we're not doing. Wham, 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 right wham. You want to know what I brought, Davis? So every week, Mike himself just surprises me, whatever alcohol he brings. And he's had this at work the entire time today. Mike, what did you bring? So, I'm not near the microphone at the moment, so I'm going to yell a little bit. Davis, what did I just give you? Uh, Mike just gave me a shallow champagne glass, uh, which I'm, I, I had the same idea, I think. Oh, Mike has a wonderful foil-wrapped green bottle. It looks to be a metal cage over what looks like a cork. Um, uh, what, what's, what does that say on there? Simone? Simone. Uh, it's a sparkling brute. I'm not springing for champagne champagne, but this calls for a celebration. Champions is over. I'm going to enjoy myself a little bit. I uh, actually, it, it, it's either Simonet or pronounced Simonet. I'm going Simonet, personally. I'm, uh, not, I'm no French expert, but always pour your guest first. Now, Mike, where did you learn proper wine pouring and wine etiquette? Tell them, Davis. 
Mike used to work at Dickie Burnin's Steakhouse. The only story I know about Mike working at Dickie Burnin's Steakhouse, aside from him working his way up from water boy to wine bitch, was he served not only Solange Knowles at a table, but also Mr. Ludacris himself. Cheers, Davis. Let's, let's not hold it over the recording equipment. They're, they're, they're plastic, so there is no clink. Tastes like cheap, sparkling wine to me. Ooh, that is brute. Brute all, am I right? <laughs> it was very cheap. So, anyway. All right. So, extra sewed. Extra sewed. Extra sewed. Champions 5, also known as Gwenpians. Because the stage enters with a flaming mosque. That's not why it's called Gwenpians, Davis. Well, it's called Gwenpians because Gwenpool is ripping through the front cover with a katana or two in this uh, booty shorts. Um, uh, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of really weird booty shorts in here, and like this kind of like side jaw little, okay, happening. Quick rundown: history of Gwenpool. Gwenpool started as a combination of Gwen Stacy and Deadpool as a variant cover for Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars number two. Now, Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars was a mini series spun off years and years and years and years later uh, from the '80s event Secret Wars where Deadpool, a la Forrest Gump, plays an integral role in the background of the entire Marvel event of right. Secret Wars. It, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, the, the fact that Booster Gold in DC, apparently Booster Gold himself, even though everyone reveres him as like a like kind of shitty superhero, he has been the driving force and catalyst for every DC event. Yeah, because he is from the future. He knows everything. Right. So... Due to cosplay popularity, Marvel spun out Gwenpool into her own series. Yes. Uh, her name's Gwendolyn Poole. With an E on the end, right? Yes, P-O-L-L-E. Uh, she is from an Earth where comic books exist. So from our universe. Pretty much. Uh, so in her Earth, she is reading the same comic books we are, and somehow... I didn't research hard enough because I don't care about this character. She was transported to Earth 616, which is the Earth of the Marvel Universe. Uh, she wants to be a badass superhero like her favorite comic characters, but she has no real powers. Except for the fact that she knows she's in a comic book. Yeah, and then it's a weird, like, mental manipulation of reality. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so she is indestructible-ish, kind of like Wile E. Coyote. Like, she... But it's because she can manipulate the fact that she's in a comic. Uh, she also has a vast knowledge of the Marvel Universe, and she trained in weapons and hand-to-hand combat from a bunch of supervillains, which was pretty much her first arc. Right. So anyway, she is infiltrated her way into this issue. Now to the issue. Uh, the champions find themselves in Daly County. Right, and which uh, the only real thing I'd say is, why does champagne make my nipples hard? Because it's sexy. That's a good point. But they're in Daly County right now, yeah. and the background there is a burning mosque. Yeah, Daly County is under the jurisdiction of a racist, sexist, classist, homophobic bigot of a sheriff, Sheriff Stuttered. You know what's really funny is the fact that Ruben Stuttered won American Idol. 
I mean, it's coincidental. Okay. Yeah. So, hate crimes have become abundant in the county since the sheriff uh, won the seat in the local election. Right. Um, Davis, can you find that list of hate crimes? Uh, this mosque fire, the shots fired into a homeless encampment, the beatings outside of a gay club, the swastika sprayed on the temple, the noose in front of the black church. Shall we go on? It's a long list. Yeah, it's, it's pretty aggressive. Uh, now, the sheriff is stopping the rest of the rescue workers from stepping in. So the champions run in and they well, pull... Because he, don't, he doesn't want to hurt the smoke eaters that are going through there. He doesn't want to put his people in danger. That's why he's not going to put them in this burning mosque. Even yeah, though, he even, doesn't, though, even though there's people inside. He doesn't want to put the firefighters, whose job it is to go into a flaming The trained building. professionals. Yeah. Uh, so the champions have to step in. And they save a mother and her children from this burning mosque. Um, the, the team clearly shows their distaste for him. Right. Uh, in which he responds with the classic... City slickers versus country folk argument, which a topical mm-hmm. um, post presidential election this last year. Uh, it was really again. A, all this was written before the election, correct? Yeah, just just so everybody knows, this issue is going to tie in a lot with our current political climate, mm-hmm. and it was written well before Trump won the election. So this is not. A it's not lazy a reaction. Well, yeah, it's not a reaction. It's it's preemptive, and he gets a lot of points right. Mm-hmm. So whether or not you agree with them, that's on you. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I'm just saying this was not reactionary. Right. This it was, was this, it, at least it was written proactionary. This is not an SNL sketch. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, so uh, while they are talking to the sheriff about all of this, our lovely synthesoid friend Viv goes through the entire premise of this mosque and finds that, you know what? Yeah, there was a, there was an incendiary device. There was a bomb. Yeah, now, where is this bomb from, Davis? Uh, this bomb was uh, actually impounded on March 15, 2016 by the police department. Hmm. hmm. I wonder how a bomb in the possession of a bigoted sheriff could find its way into a mosque. Uh, the, the answer is obvious, sir. Mole people. It's always mole people. It's always mole. Damn it, mole man. The the underminer? Hello? He's actually in uh, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows right now. Wait. I thought... No, he can't be. Maybe not underminer, but mole man is... Well, no, the, uh, no, the underminer is from The Incredibles. Oh, no, no, no. Mole man. Okay. Mole, mole man, man himself. Anyway, uh, so we meet Deputy Sims, who is the sheriff's deputy, and he tells the champions, look, calm down. I'm going to look into the fire, um, but he's not ready to challenge Sheriff Stutter's authority. No. Uh, which it really isn't a very good explanation for the champions, but they get sidetracked because the unbelievable Gwenpool shows up. After and she, what does she do? She doesn't do? even show up. Nova is trying to fly off and find some, like, do work and whatnot. And then Gwenpool goes, bombs, bombs, bombs away. Yeah, she blows up a bunch of cop cars. Yeah, because um, she's an anarchist. But yeah, not a good way to get on the good guy's side, but the team basically is forced to scoop her up because she's wearing a costume, so they're going to get roped into it. Exactly. And, uh, and run oh, off. Well, a costume with a big champion C embroidered on the front of it. Yeah, she's basically taking this whole I'm a champion too thing along with the rest of you know the, the media. 
has run with it. Uh, so she gets scooped up by the team because the cops draw their weapons on everybody. And she's asked, why would you blow up a cop car? To which she said, look, all bad cops in comics are super villains. So they might be Hydra or brainwashed or, or something Amy like that. Or something weird like that. Yeah. To which Kamala sits down and argues that bigotry and hatred can infiltrate authority without the help of villains. To which Gwenpool dismisses. It's a thick layer of entirely. peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, real, real heavy-handed there, Kamala. Yep. Um, now, the team goes around and they're looking at different cases of bigotry in right. the community. And they wind up outside of an LGBTQ center. Yeah, why are they there, Davis? Um, well, someone has gone and well, someone's done like Martin Luther and done posted a note. And the note is, Sheriff Stuttered is going to do you to people what the Sentinels did to Genosha. Believe the warden, Dale County for America. White power. If you don't M- know. Minus the white power at the end of it all, but close enough. Well, alternately, if you don't know, Genosha was a mutant hideout for lack of a better term uh sovereign nation yeah um and and they they've seen some shit yeah that's why there's no the more there's not a genosha anymore yeah not in modern marvel comics. no not at all um and, and then some something happens to a uh an ethnic looking child on a bus yep he's uh he, he's he's they're yelling out stuttered and saying he's gonna deport you all while um some youths are tagging the side of a building saying ragheads go home yeah, some real racist stuff here. So Gwen believes it's Skrulls, which is a shape-shifting alien, or hate gas, or some other comic book explanation to why this is happening. Davis, read Kamala's speech to Gwen. They have this crazy exchange back and forth about Gwen's unrealistic expectations. How do I get through to you? Evil is not exclusive to supervillains, aliens, secret societies, and monsters. To which Gwen says, If I wanted to navigate the immoral shades of gray, yuck, I would have stayed on my own earth. And if you're not interested in hate-mongering or psychoman or whatever space lizards are behind the scourge of super racism, then Gwenpool must face reality alone. This is why I side with Gwenpool here. I'm not reading my comics for this heavy nonsense. I agree. I agree. I mean, hell, like, delving back into it, 1980s X-Men. Yes. Legacy virus. Yes. AIDS. Yes. They at least put a nice little cover over it. It was at least a a veiled metaphor. The the veil is so thin at this point. In which, after, you know, maybe not initially, but the mutant gene became a giant allegory for homosexuality in the United States. Yeah, it did, and uh, it still and it still is. I mean, hell, well, to be Colossus fair, Colossus died from the legacy virus. The, the mutant gene. So why not take your biggest, burliest, most badass person aside from Wolverine because he has clout and has been there for a while? You he's can't not kill the him biggest. Off. Wolverine's five three, but he's also three hundred pounds, so it's kind of stocky. Yeah, what's the adamantium? It adds what's a, my name, Logan? What's my size, Shogun? That was bad. We can cut that out completely. Continue, No, sir. we're leaving that one in. We've cut it a lot. We're leaving that in. So, do the right thing. The team goes to the deputy, and they're going to ask him to step in. Now, the deputy asserts that fighting 
head on is not really going to help the situation. He's got to work quietly from the background, which sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Uh, the team's not buying it, and they encourage him to stand up, but they really can't do anything else beyond that. So they just go sit up on the roof, which, who lets a bunch of super-powered teenagers hang out on the roof of the police station? Standing on the rooftop, everybody sing your heart out. How is this acceptable? It was, First of all, it's not like a Beatles, it, it, it's a Beatles concert. Everyone knows they're up there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like WTF. a crowd, it's a crowd outside the police station who is siding with the champions like, hey, let's stop this bigotry. Of uh, what what one part of the police station is, the other part not so much. Yeah, but yeah. No, no, but, um, there's even a comment at one point, why can't we just punch him? So, Nazi punching comment, warning-ish. Like Davis said, this was written before the election. Right. This was written before the neo-Nazi was, I don't know his name, was punched in the face on public television. This is not. I a, don't know his name either. Yeah. I think and I'm glad I know. was involved. No, 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 no. Uh, Spicer is a person involved. But Spencer, no. I think, but I don't know. Anyway, no, we don't need to know their name because as soon as you give them a name, you give them clout. Well, here, here's the thing. Comic book creators have come out on both sides of the issue. You punch Nazis, you don't punch Nazis. Warren Ellis, Warren Ellis punches Nazis. Captain America punches fucking Nazis. The writer of Captain America, that's where I got Spencer from. Nick Spencer, the writer of Captain America right now, says you do not punch somebody for speaking out, regardless of whether or not you like it. Now, I'm not saying either one of those guys is right because you're allowed to make your own damn decision. No, I'm speaking of the fact that the first episode of Captain, first issue of Captain America, he's punching Hitler in the fucking face. Yes. You punch Nazis. We could have this argument. But we will save this for the supplemental material of Mike and I arguing the ethics of punching Nazis. But for right now, we're talking about championess. Either way, this was written before that happened. This was not a direct response to it. So we're not going to talk about that issue in this episode. Have you seen the uh, so so real quick fact? The Alt Reich is saying that um, uh, Depeche Mode is the music of their people. So someone got that do 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 Depeche Mode song and just splice it to where anything the Duke hits, you just see that dude getting punched in the fucking face. <laughs> so they're all sitting on top of this building. Yeah, Stuttered comes into the deputy's office, Deputy Sims. And starts yelling at him. They do not belong here. You get that robot and that Asian looking and the special that brown little sand girl out of here. Unless you want me to make examples of them too. And now, which I'm only assuming that he would have a heavily southern accent. Um, nothing against any other people that have that accent because I'm very sure there are a lot of southern people that do not have that Here's, um uh, that 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 mindset. But it works with the story. Here's the thing. Being a Southerner, being from Louisiana, a historically red state. I live in a blue city. But in a historically red state, he sounds Southern in my mind. Exactly. He sounds like a Southerner in my mind. From someone... Daly County sounds like it's in Texas or North Louisiana or Alabama. Daly County's in Florida. Dade County. They're still thinking of. Same thing. Really? Sure, why not? I've been drinking. Now you're just making sure. Anyway. 
It's fine. No, but, it, but you sir, have you have sir, two from someone that has some someone that has lived in three southern states. All I'm saying is you have three southern, three, two. I'm not lumping Greg in here. Me and Davis, as Southerners, agree you can read the sheriff in a Southern accent. Also, I don't think sheriffs in other in like Yankee towns have like hats like that. The flat brim? Yeah. No, they don't. I don't think they do. So I don't even um, think they have cowboy hats. This this little disciplinary action is enough to make Sims stand up. He goes outside with a megaphone and addresses the crowd about Stuttered and his actions. To which the team goes, Oh no, this is about to go off. Let's get down there and help police safely the crowd. Remember, don't punch down. Punch up. I'm Yeah, they don't explicitly say which direction you should punch no, no, other that's, than that's not thing. down. It's, you don't you don't punch down cuz you don't you don't the person beneath you, you don't bring them down. And at the person at you level you, you punch boom but if you're going to if you're going to berate and beat someone you punch them up so at least they're in a higher level so let's talk about the pros and cons of this issue pros social commentary I appreciate the part where he's basically saying look you don't need to be a super villain to be a piece of shit you can be a piece of shit and be a regular person because we see that in, in modern society. Exactly. I get that. I, I have found people driving up the wrong way of a parking lot every goddamn day. Those people should be hung from the street lights. It's just garbage people. Also, but no, but... but, but, but and, so well, 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 hate, hate is created by a few bad seeds, but it's nourished by the lazy, by those that fall in line... By those that don't question, they don't fight back. They just, oh, just let it happen, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It really reminds me of, um, uh, there was a uh, a priest in Germany during World War II. And it was like, first they came for the socialists. I think we used this reference already. And I did not speak up. Before this episode. Before then the they came. Episode. Then they came for the trade unions. I'm pretty sure. And I did not speak up. And when it comes down to it, after that, then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. If we have not already used this... We already have. I'm pretty sure. Okay. You're right, though, is that there's a few bad seeds in every society, and those around have to stand up. They can't be lazy. Right. And and it's the bad seeds that get the most amount of publicity. Publicity. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the don't punch down part, I get... It's the not standard superhero story. It's right. the don't use your powers to implement what you believe is right. Use your influence to do that. Right. Now, cons. Was this heavy handed? Just dead horse beaten. It's, it's beating into the fucking ground. It's like, I get it. I, I honestly get it. We're dealing with, yeah, your you, typical southern small town sheriff, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the queers. I don't like them people that have non-white skin color. And I don't like people that aren't Christian. That includes the Jews. 
and whatnot. Going with this typical Southern sheriff. And we don't need that typical Southern sheriff. And the, like that, that trope has been played out. I guarantee you, you go to any small town around the area, I don't think the majority of the people there are being like, well, hold on. There's one Muslim family here. Let's let's keep an eye on them. They could be disrupting our well, sorghum production. Well, that's the thing. Maybe, maybe we are wrong in this. But as two Southern men, when we are reading this sheriff as a Southern male with a stereotypical accent, living in a stereotypical small town, that is a direct response to the media's portrayal. Yep. And you're buying into that. You're playing into that. As the author, you are playing into that stereotype that the rest of America knows of the bigoted Southern sheriff. This is the same thing as what was that was was that rock movie? Dwayne Johnson was in some mediocre Walking movie. Tall. It was Walking Tall. All right. Now here's uh, just Going on a less of a, that's not an obscure movie, but going more of a more topical one for right now, uh, Bill Burr's most recent special. Go on. Uh, he had one where he made a... Folks, com- we don't just like comics, we like comedians. Bill Burr, uh, Leave Out the Back, I believe it's called. I think it's the most, yeah, Leave Exit Out the Back. Exit Out the Back, Leave Out Exit the Back. back. Yeah, it's uh, on Netflix, go watch it, it's amazing. Which, whichever one came out it, in 2017. If you appreciate the craft of comedy, it is a comedian losing and gaining the audience multiple times. You can watch it, a master at work, it's wonderful. But one of the go times he lost the crowd was whenever he delved into his typical southern accent, talking about, oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't like them blacks. I don't like them gays. I don't like them that. In which he stopped himself and he's like, Jesus, shit, really? Like, here I am talking about all the all racists from the South. No, no, not at all. There are racists all across the United States of America. And it's just, he just happens to pick that one because it's the lowest hanging fruit. Because, exactly. well, that we, we mm-hmm. well, there was, there was, Partially, one of the reasons for a war was fought for that reason. Yeah. Um, it's real heavy-handed. It's real repetitious. There's no nuance. No. Uh, as a comic book reader, I enjoy metaphor. I enjoy escapism. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Don't just shove it down my throat. Give me a metaphor, at least. A thinly veiled metaphor. You know, there's it, no metaphor here. It's so in your face. It's hard. I get enough of this in the news. I get enough of this on Facebook from my shit friends with their uh, terrible opinions. I don't want this in my comic books. Exactly. But that's the thing. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down, but vodka works better. The only positive of this story, in my opinion, is Gwenpool. And I hate to say that because I don't like Gwenpool. But no she's one the does. only one saying... Super villains should be doing this in a comic. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. Like it, 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 and the point is, is we're looking at this thing. You're just lumping people in the categories in which it's like, oh, this is this person based upon previous knowledge we have. And this is this person based on previous knowledge we have. And you're just lumping these people together and trying to be, assimilate them together in which they're not. We're dealing with a new beast every single decade, every single five years, every single year. Davis we are dealing up, with a new fucking beast. 
Davis brings up a great point. It's stereotyping. Just like the author is rallying against, it is stereotyping on the opposing side. Exactly. And it's not done well. It's not done nuanced. It's just very heavy-handed. It's very aggressive. It does no justice for the story. Not at all. So before we talk too long about this, let's rate issue five so we can jump into issue six. I forgot what my rating was the last time, so I'm just going to bluntly say a four. That's what I gave it. I gave it a four. Uh, It was not an outrageously fun issue. Gwenpool was actually mildly entertaining, but the rest of it was kind of aggressive. It was too heavy-handed. It wasn't fun. They tried something different, but I didn't like it. Well, do you think Gwenpool was added in here as kind of like them being like, listen, we're going to get preachy, so we might as well add a little fuckiness into the whole thing. I think Gwenpool was added entirely to boost sales. I This book sold very well issue one because they gave a lot of, well, they sold a lot of it, quote unquote, to Scholastica, who could sell it at their book fairs. And I don't think issue... God damn book fair. I don't think issue two, three, or four did well. So I think issue five was entirely to boost it. Bonus issue. So we originally told you this was a six issue arc. We thought it was. Amazon said it was six issues. And most of them are. Now, Marvel updated the solicitation for their trade... And it goes to five. So you get a brand new bonus six issue to start the first arc. Now, blamp, 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 I'm going to say, for for the listener, I don't know if this is the first of a new story or if this is the cliffhanger ending of an old story because that's how confusingly it's written. Yeah, I can't lie that. So, we get the rise of the champions. It shows a bunch of people with C's on the shirt. The first actual panel is someone wearing a really nice brown leather jacket with a fur collar with a big champion C on it. Yeah, uh, we have people cleaning up beaches in Alaska. We have a voter registration rally in Alabama. A women's self-defense class in England. A Habitat for Humanity in Slovakia. Everybody's wearing C-shirts, doing productive stuff for society. Good for you. Good for the champions if you cause that. Good for everyone. And here's the thing. Whenever you yourself, you're a part of an organization that is just helping out people throughout the world. Like, do you know how hard it is to help out people in the United States as far as an organization? Habits of Humanity hasn't been able to accomplish that throughout the entire United States. But we have an entire organization that's helping people throughout the world. What's the next thing you need to do as far as getting your organization going? You go play paintball. Yeah, you play fucking paintball. I will say the one point that I do like is Hulk noting that trends ebb and flow. And that he suspects the champion's name will be, for lack of a better term, mud in short. They got a couple more weeks before this whole media backlash kicks in. May Yamo Mud. But as you said, war. War never changes. The champions go to play paintball. Where do they go to play paintball, Davis? At a standard paintball place? Howling Commandos Paintball. <laughs> you get the reference, Davis? Yeah. We're, dumb, dumb. We're, we're a comic based in the rest of the world that you enjoy. We're not that offshoot you don't like. We also have a picture of the Avengers and Captain America in the background of the changing room. 
because you like those things, right? Please, please associate Ow. our comic with things you like. Yeah. There's a Pepsi machine, too. So the team's split into two, and they decide to play with powers, because that seems fair. Yep. Um, through some bait and switch, Sam Alexander, Kid Nova, mm-hmm. snags the win. Yeah. Uh, so what in happens? Which, in which there's a random panel in which well, it's, hold, like, hold. It, it, it's a random panel in which there is Groot, Rocket Raccoon. That's an advertisement, Davis. So Sam gets his team uh, together, one of them being Amadeus, who basically baits Scott, Cyclops, into shooting him with his laser eyes. Now, after sacrificing himself, um, Amadeus slinks back into hiding because he hasn't been hit with a paintball. Hulk, Hulk. Which are the rules of paintball. Um, now, everybody's pretty much out of the game. Nova sacrificed himself. Amadeus jumps out and shoots the last guy on the opposing team, winning it for Sam and his team. Now, question, Davis. Have you read or watched Ender's Game? Oh, I read it, and then I barely listened to... Because there's a real, real strong commentary about how horrific it is to expend soldiers for the sake of the greater good, which is basically when both sides lose everyone except for one man who wins, that's the book. Like, if you read or watched Sanders game, that's the entire thing, is they basically train a child to devalue life far enough to sacrifice lives to win a battle. Sir, uh, my grandfather was going to be in the invasion of Japan. Yeah. Exactly. You think the champions would have been on with that? Well, well, no. They they gave them enough fuel to get to Japan, and that's it. Exactly my point. My point is... This doesn't make sense for the champions. Why would you be performing a training exercise where everyone dies but one? Foreshadowing? I hope. I don't. Because I like Kamala. Maybe she's the one. She needs to be. We we need that influence. But continue. I'm just saying. But then Vision shows up, murks everyone, and says, Viv. It's five o'clock. Are you ready to go home? Did this panel make any sense to you? A little bit. Why? When have the champions had a curfew? When they were fucking with international politics and flying over sovereign Atlantean territory? When does logic involving people make sense to a robot? Vision is an Avenger. Now, he he, he is follows a th- human rules. But he is a th- synthesoid. Just like his daughter. Follows human rules. He is a robot. Robot time. Robot dance. This panel makes... Robot lies! This panel makes no sense. I will stand by that. That's fine. Now, we meet the freelancers. I did some research. Jesus. So, every good superhero team needs their villain team. Right, because you know we have we have the Justice League, so we have the Legion of Doom. We have the Masters of Evil, opposite the Avengers. 
Yes. We have, we have Spider-Man, and we have the Sinister Six. We have the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants opposite the X-Men. And we have the Freelancers opposite the Champions. Now, get ready for the team. We have... Get ready for the team, yeah, now. Here's the team, now. I feel like that was some of the bigotry they were talking about in issue five. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The dude. Hold no, on, hold no. Let me there's a guy wearing a silk you, screen hot topic if flame your shirt. Drunk ass will shut up. My drunk ass will explain what's going on here. We have Crush, who is a female, for lack of a better term, Earthbender. If you've seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, she can manipulate Earth like Richter from the X Men. Uh, and she's wearing overall shorts. It's a weird costume choice. We have Might. Her powers are strength and durability. Uh, she looks like Michael Bay made a Dragon Ball movie. Dragon, Dragon, Pump the Dragon, Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, she did this weird, like, Robo Saiyan silver armor stuff. Uh, we have Hotness, who is officially... Also known as Guy Fiery. Shut the fuck up. That's a real term. He, no, no, he's wearing a Hot Topic silk flame t-shirt. No, 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 no. It's not a t-shirt. Sorry. It is a short sleeve button down. With puka shells and red cargo shorts. In which the last time I heard, the last person that got laid in cargo shorts was Nam. He's pyrokinetic, guys. Um... We also have Panic. Her power is she can manipulate human emotion. And then we have Cursed Cass. Uh, she's a blue-haired hipster goth who's pretty much invulnerable. That's the freelancers. The, um, which I, I will say this, though. Looking at the fact that before we get anything going is they have a, uh, a, clandestine kind of just group of people around a boardroom table. Here's the thing. They are hired by corporations pretty much to do morally questionable things for a paycheck. Uh, We see them violently breaking up a protest. We see them burning down a squatter's camp. Uh, Pretty much anything for the right amount of money. They don't care. Right. In which... Again, looking at it, oh, look, it's the moral opposite and whatnot. Yeah, we see them using their powers in their private, real-world-esque mansion by the pool to trick two homeless guys into fighting each other. Not having sex with each other. Yeah, at least they do that. It's it, it's still a teen comic. Um, when the homeless guys come to their senses, they basically ask, what kind of monsters are you? To which the freelancers state, we're the freelancers. Punching down is what we do. The exact opposite of punching up. I'm going to stop everything right here. Nobody says punching down. I'm so tired of Mark Wade pretending this is... Well, she says right there, punching down is what we do. Nobody but Mark Wade's character says this. This is not a phrase people use. It is now. 
This isn't only Mark Wade what, uses this phrase. What, what happens in the last panel of the book when they say, "quote unquote," "Holy crap, buddy! Your friend there looks like he's been he's been a couple of rounds with somebody." You here to file a complaint? The two homeless guys go to the cops and basically panic. The one that can manipulate human emotion has put a little earworm in their ear so that they tell the cops the champions made him do it, which is the beginning of Amadeus's fallout claim. Amadeus. I'm not. Nope. Amadeus. Amadeus. Pros and cons, Davis. Paintball. I loved it. I love those just like issue two with the camping. Well, I it's, love it's those a skirmish. fun fun issue. I love it's the, a skirmish. I love the interaction. Um, I didn't love the wind. I don't. The whole point is to to be better. And when your win is sacrificing everyone but one character, that's not a win. That's not the win you're well, describing. Well, could you could you describe it? Or could you, you know, infer that your one main reason behind liking this whole thing is because you enjoy more of the different people from different social constructs and different ideologies and different backgrounds all having to work together, but in which everything we've seen, they're never accomplishing a common goal as far as the group goes, but as far as the individual goes. Here's my thing. What this says is... I can't wait for April when my classic X-Men start back up. I'm so excited for X-Men Gold. I don't really care about Blue, but I just want the classic. We are friends interacting. We have romance. We have drama. We have problems. I love that comic book soap opera. Okay. Which is why. 90s, 90s X-Men. Lo- I and 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 say what you will. I grew up on '90s X-Men. I love I love Rob Liefeld art. I don't care. I know it's ridiculous looking, but it's fun. It's nostalgic. It's what I grew up on. I love old Logan. I love old Cable. I love all a Gambit. I love Gambit. I love you know, Rogue. I love those characters from the '90s that really came into their own. And that's the kind of X-Men. That's the kind of heroes I want to read. And okay. that's what issue two at the camp did to me. That's what the paintball did for me. That's what I enjoyed. So you're so 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 you're really looking for the human in the superhuman. Yes, I want the superhuman to be a piece of the human. Okay, that's what I like. Um, now the cons for me is every other moment in this issue. Okay. The freelancers are the logical antithesis to this team. Well, logic, yeah. If, and if, it's, if, we're, if we're basing it down to just, you know, so, good it, versus evil. It almost evil. seems lazy. It is lazy. It's goddamn... All right, first of all, if you're going to... All right, one of the scenes we didn't talk about is they have two homeless people. One, he's motivated by fear. And one, he's motivated by, uh, well, not love, but like just... Lust. Lust, I guess. I Want, don't know. Wanting to fuck. In which, like... I'm not going to lie to y'all because you're good people and you listen to this. If someone has a knife to my neck and said, hey, you have to kill this person or you have to fuck this person. Well, no matter what, I'm probably going to get my dick wet because that does not involve killing someone. 
I don't know if we read the scene the same way. Still, it was a bad scene. The take-home point here is the freelancers are the logical opposite of the champions. Right. They're, they're in it for the money, here, not for the but glory. But here, here's the problem. The champions aren't a good team. Now. So why would the freelancers be a good team? Neither one is compelling. Neither one has depth. They're both very shallow in their description. I mean, I don't appreciate that. Let's think. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't speak to me. It doesn't, it does not resonate with me. Is this shallow character. But wouldn't that in theory lead to a champions freelancers hybrid in which half the champions go one way and half the freelancers go the other way? No, because in champions monsters unleashed whatever point first of all that is listed as per the marvel wikipedia the first appearance of the freelancers which is incorrect um but second of all the freelancers get defeated because they're the weaker team and two of the freelancers defect to help the champions which is really gonna fuck this arc now isn't it but regardless the well hold on Fuck this arc in the sense that we're not reading it anymore. It doesn't... No, no. Fuck, fuck the arc as in if they already beat themselves in the Monsters Unleashed, doesn't matter in this arc. But the first team, the champions, they're not entertaining. So why would their counterparts be? They're not serious enough to be cool, and they're not goofy enough to be tongue-in-cheek. They're just in this weird middle area of unentertaining. Like, it's, it's just not fun. It's not really conveying any kind of story. It's just the opposite of a story we didn't ask for. All right. Let's just jump to ratings. I don't want to beat this the same way Mark Wade has. I'm going two on this issue. Really? I hated it. Really? The only saving grace was three quarters of the paintball, and they ruined it at the end. I didn't like it. It wasn't fun. They ruined the only fun part. The freelancers are stupid. I don't care anymore. Now, I give it two. My final vote on this: six on issue one, nine issue two, five issue three, three issue four, four issue five, and two issue six averages out to a four point eight. That's not even a half. Not a good. The story is slow and directionless until six, and then at six they give a direction, and the direction's poor. The themes, they're preaching to the choir. It's not reaching an audience that would benefit from it. Everybody reading this book would already read it. Nobody who has a differing opinion is going to pick this book up anyway. So you're not teaching anybody new anything new. Uh, You're just patting yourself on the back and the readers on their own backs accordingly. And you're just beating a dead horse with these retired ideas. The art is stylized. It's busy. It's a personal preference. If you like Umberto Ramos's art, awesome. That's cool. I do. I'm not arguing it's bad art. It's not bad art. It's just stylized. It's up to your opinion. Uh, I will argue Mark Wade's writing is poor. But Umberto Ramos is at least doing a good job. It's just your opinion of whether or not you like that style. And um, before I get into my last point, what did you think of this issue and the arc as a whole? All right. Issue number six. Okay. Finally got shit rolling. And? In a good way. 
You liked the role? Yeah. The freelancers, as far as how they're set up, are the opposite of the champions. Strictly in the sense of monetary gain. You're looking at the champions. Kamala Khan comes from a middle class Muslim family. There's not really much, you know, like, um, if it, me not being a person, but Marvel being as racist as they are at times, I assume her family owns a shop of some form. Possibly one of them might be an educator in higher education to bring up the level. Um, everyone in there is just kind of like this medium level person in which their, uh, socioeconomic gain is not that high. But if you look at the freelancers, each one of them, no matter what their initial state was, they're just getting money. As a matter of fact, in the issue, it's them betting money on whether or not the fear from one homeless person will beat the love slash lust of another homeless person. And they can go from there. Okay. So, when it comes down to it, I can't judge things from this technically five-issue arc in which in the trade they might include the monsters unleashed i don't they're not they're not it's, it's not just five there. it's just five fucking issues issues one through five well that's just fucking shitty it really is it really is it's shitty it's really fucking shitty i mean why would you go through this whole process of building up a team getting things going and then just placating they're like Oh wait, no! They're the they're the champions. They're going for all these socially economic views that we're going on right now that are going to make it so everyone else wants to buy the fucking comic, and then just bring in this random group of antithesis people. That's bullshit. That's absolute fucking bullshit. Here's the important question: Are you picking up Champion Seven? Uh, fuck no. I uh. I have no reason to continue this arc. I really thought in the beginning of the drinking issues, this arc itself, uh, this diverse collective of younger superheroes would, honestly, I really thought they would delve into um, kind of dealing with this Everything the past couple of decades of superheroes have done with as far as like, haha, we've saved the city. Three quarters are destroyed, but we saved the city. Let's go back to Stark Tower for cocktails. I really thought that that would be, or champions would be the antithesis of that. As of right now, it's really come down to. We're still dealing with a bunch of flawed people, but we're going to supersede that and talk about the even more flawed people that are their opposite. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I had high hopes for this series. I was excited about the diverse cast of not only powers, but genders and races and, and everything. 
and it was a big miss where it easily could have been a hit. It's not doing it for me. I'm definitely dropping it as well. Absolutely. Uh, I cannot in good conscience recommend it to anyone. Um, I was kind of hoping we would have a positive first arc to drinking issues. But unfortunately, we do not. Well, that is the, um, uh, you know, Mike, that's the Gambit rerun with drinking issues. And I'm I'm sorry, y'all. I, I just finished off the entire bomber. This is why we call the show Drinking Issues. Of 13 issues. ABV Drinking uh, Issues. So moving forward, starting next month, we will be reading the five-issue miniseries Plastic. Oh, we set it on plastic? Yes. Plastic. <laughs> I like it. Plastic by image. Plastic is the story of a reformed serial killer. He meets a woman who catches his fancy, who helps quell his murderous urges. Uh, they go gallivanting across the U.S., enjoying each other's company, and basically being happy. Until a Louisiana businessman Ew. captures his beloved, forcing him to go on a killing spree to get her back. Oh, and did we mention his beloved is a sex doll? Plastic. Kind of ploy but we're curious to explore it. They could either really mess this up or really do cool things with a stupid concept. Either way, it's image and we're reading it. And that is part of our drinking issues. So we've wrapped up champions. We've given you next month's story. If you want to continue champions, go right ahead. As a matter of fact, if you continue it and you want to let us know what happens through the rest of champions, feel free to contact us at jacks of trade podcast at gmail.com. It's facebook.com slash jacks trades pod at jacks trades pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you know where we are. Please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to Google Play, whatever medium you listen to this podcast on, and please write a review. It really helps. Five stars help the most. You Actually, no, fuck it. Four stars. Right. Really helps right really well. whatever star review you want, but the reviews do help. Please love us. But the reviews help. It helps us get our name out there. It helps us get up on the searches for people. Um if you have any questions, comments, anything you want to reach out to us, suggestions for guests, for what we should read, whatever, you have the email, as Davis said, at Jack's Trades, excuse me, at Jack's of Trades Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we have been here, as always, in the studios of In Depth Media. In Depth Media, that's right. Media so good, you need three dimensions. I don't know if Greg would approve the solicitation, but guess what? Greg's not here. Yay! I'm shutting this down before I or Davis disturb you anymore. I'm Mike. And I'm Davis. Adios. Catch you later.